going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Pursuing the Kingdom. In this episode, we have a very special guest, DJ Bernal. He is a Catholic leadership business evangelist. He is known to be a Catholic preacher and speaker at Steubenville Conferences. He has his own clothesline called After God's Own Heart. And his story today is one that I've always wanted to get to know and hear. So I hope you guys enjoy hearing this story as much as I am. And here we go. Let's dive into this. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm really excited that you were able to because uh, uh, able to come out and share your story with us today. I know it's been like a couple months, but regardless, <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that you're that you're on. So very excited that you're on, and like, Me you know, too, man. yeah, also hearing hearing you speak. I just gotta say this: hearing you speak at this past Steubenville conference, you know, you were with the guys section, and just what it means to be a man and to take you know responsibility for your actions. It it, it really hit home for me, you know. So I'm really really excited for you to share your story and you know every bit of, and piece of wisdom that you have to offer us today today man so thank you again brother yeah amen amen first real quick man how are you how are you doing man what's what's new in your life oh awesome with me i i am just getting done with my midterms for college so yeah that's that's what's what's that's what's been new with me and also um i just started this new company online business company so i'm really excited about that real pumped up Got a couple of mentors on my way helping me build an asset, you know, to uh, live out my dreams and to just be free, be be powerful, being courageous, you know. So I'm really excited for that, you know. And I, I'm just living out every relationship right now with, you know, with my girlfriend and family as best as I can be. And I'm just being the best version of myself. And I'm striving every single day to, to be in that best version of myself, my dude. So, yeah, that's what that's going on with me. Amen, man. That's awesome. Praise God. Thanks, man. So yeah, let's let's begin, brother. Um, so first off, how has your journey, you know, how did your journey begin, you know, as being a, a Catholic speaker? Right, right. Well, I, I'll tell you what, man, let, let, let's do this. Do you mind do you mind just man, one of my favorite things to do, bro, is just to pray with people. Would you mind? Maybe like opening this up in prayer, or and maybe I can close this. I don't know. Just there's just something about prayer, man, that you just I just love doing with people. Would you mind maybe just opening this up? Absolutely, I will. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord God, I ask that you may be able to come down upon us, and so that we may be able to hear with our hearts, with our souls, so that we may walk away inspired with the grace and words that are coming out of DJ, I ask that he may be able to bless and continue to walk in your path and in service of you, God. And for anyone who is listening, who is struggling through fear, who is struggling in the faith, who don't, who doesn't know who they are. I ask that you are with them right now and we are praying for them. Thank you so much, God. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, man. That's so awesome, bro. It just that—that's for me right there, man. It just changes the atmosphere. It just says, you know, like, you know, we're we're, we're going to be brothers in this world, but you're not, you know, what we're not of this world, and that just kind of calls into into recognition, just like who we are and who we represent, man. So I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Thank you, DJ. Of course, man. So, uh, thank you. You know what? Yeah, thank you so much for. Um, sharing the possibility of praying. Now I'm I'm gonna have to do that. I'm gonna take that with me everywhere I go now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So the the question was uh, the go, go ahead again. How how did your journey begin at being a Catholic speaker? Got you. Got you. Um, you know it's it's funny the way that years add wisdom if you seek it out. And I'll tell you that now I look back on, on my life and, and, you know, I look back on, okay, like wh where was God pointing me in the direction of this, 
you know, being able to be like a Catholic preacher and just get out and evangelize. And like, I guess officially, maybe it was in 2012, but I'll tell you what, man, as like I said, years add wisdom if you seek it. And so now that I'm older, I'm 32 now, I look back on my life and I'm like, dude, like God had planted a seed in me from a very little kid that I didn't even know. I I didn't know what his plan was, but the seed was planted. And, <laughs> and I'll tell you how I know that. I remember uh, in elementary school, like, I just couldn't stop talking. <laughs> like, I was always in trouble, man. Like, I had A, B, honor roll, and I could never get a ribbon because my behavior was so bad, you know. Like, I couldn't stop talking in class. Like, I was always in trouble for talking. And it wasn't, you know, I, and, and praise God, you know, I, I grew up in the church, and my mom made sure that we we're faithful in that. And and that seed of one, not being afraid to just talk. And then the second, just my mom, the way that she raised us in church, like that seed was planted in me. And uh, I love what First Corinthians 3 says that, you know, Lord, the, if the seed is planted in you, the Lord will bring the in, the Lord will bring the increase on that seed. And as I continue to grow and as I continue to, to, to grow in maturity and just kind of trying to listen to what the Lord was saying, uh, eventually that little seed grew. And, and I, I remember I was watching uh, some other Catholic, you know, individuals, they're giving sessions and, and, and from a stage. And I said, you know, Lord, why can't I do that? And, and I'll tell you, man, when, when you make yourself available to the Lord, he will absolutely use you in the circles that you're in. So, um, like I said, it was probably like, let me see, at this point, it was probably like 2008, where I just started helping out at church, man. I just be, started volunteering at the youth group. I was already like 21, but um, I started volunteering at the youth group, and then, uh, you know, a, a retreat comes along, and someone says, hey, can you help out with this? And then another retreat comes along, and someone says, hey, can you help out with this? And uh, in 2012 is when I decided, okay, Lord, like I, I think I hear you speaking more clearly that now maybe I'm called to do more than just preach and, and give sessions here in San Antonio, Texas. Maybe, maybe I need to travel. And I'll tell you, bro, the Lord has opened up doors and he will always open up doors to people who are faithful to listen to his word and follow his commandments starting in the circles that you're in and slowly he enlarges that circle. And that's kind of the way that he did it with me. Wow. Got it. I liked what you said. As soon as you make yourself available for God, he starts opening doors for you. That's, that's something valuable. That's really valuable that I just got, man. That's, that, that's really awesome. So, like, in your journey, you know, too, um, like, what has been some hardships and challenges that you faced being a Catholic, a practicing Catholic? Yeah, um, man, I, I uh, so you, you're, you might be surprised to hear this, man, but it, I, I think I'm pretty funny and, and unique in the way that, so from the dad's side of my family, that that includes my grandma and my grandpa they were all assembly of god pentecostal preachers <laughs> i mean my my dad's parents were 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 pastors my tias and tios a lot of them are pastors my cousins are worship leaders all in non-catholic churches and so i grew up uh going to to their churches and, and of course, going to my grandma was the pastor of her own church. She, she started out of the, the garage of her, of her house. And so seeing that and then having this drastic difference <laughs> of going to a, the Catholic church. And my mom was, of course, like I said, raising us Catholic. So um, it was very interesting seeing both sides of it. And I think from a very early age, I had this recognition um 
and, and it's it's kind of sad in a way that Catholics were different types of Christians. Like it was very much like, uh, and and the way people people still ask it like this: Are you Catholic or are you Christian? Mm, yeah, yeah. And it and almost like it, it, and I don't know about you, bro, but like for me, it almost draws this line like there's Christians, and then there's this other type of Christian that's kind of a Christian, but they're less of a Christian because they're Catholic. And um, I kind of just grew up very early recognizing that about myself. Um, and so I think one of the big things, uh, a hardship was as I continued to grow um, and, and, and knowing the, the, the differences in, in our Catholic brothers and sisters or our Christian brothers and sisters, I think for a while I got into this um, way of apologetics that I was like, you know what, I'm going to prove to everyone that Catholicism is the right way. And I'm going to prove that this is, you know, that we're not second rate Christians and I'm going to prove and it almost became um, like I'm going to go to battle versus let me start a relationship with people. And that was one thing that I really had to overcome in my life was that you don't need to fight to always be right all the time. You need to fight just to be in relationship with people because if, if you're trying to have a good conversation about, you know, your Catholic beliefs or whatever, even if you win an argument, quote unquote, have you built a relationship with somebody? And I think that's what really Jesus wants from us first. He wants us to build relationships with people and love people and show them just how amazing and how much we can love. And then, yeah, you know, when, when we have the opportunity to, to share our faith and, and our different, you know, beliefs, hey, man, yeah, absolutely. But we've already built a, like a brotherhood. And I think that's one thing that we really need to uh i think that's one thing we can really work on man got it got it wow i know i'm i'm guilty of that of like wanting to to be um right always in a conversation even when i know that i sometimes may even be wrong and the only reason why want to perceive as being right in a conversation is to just like have the payoff of wanting to be right and you, you, what you just said makes a whole lot of sense because even if we are right it has it has no it has no love eternal right. love to it because there's no relationship built on that and i totally get where you're coming with and like it's it's very challenging like it takes a whole lot of strength and courage to like not be right or not wanting to be right in times when it's easy to have an argument with someone else you know what i mean yeah absolutely. so like absolutely and you know what you know what plays a big big role in that too and i never saw it as this but again years add wisdom if you seek it out and so i reflect on it now and you know what it is a lot of times it's a lot of pride like it's mm. like i need to be right I have all the answers. I know. And, and you know what? Like, what I've noticed is the more I've built relationships with people, I'll tell you what, one of my best friends, she is um, the wife of a Baptist preacher, a Baptist pastor. And she is one of my best friends ever. And we just share about God and the Bible and and we, we, we are literally like brothers and sisters. We even fight like brothers and sisters. And, but I'll tell you, <laughs> that would have never happened if I would have said, well, you believe this. And you know what? We're right as Catholics because we believe this. That's just me trying to be my own, you know, trying to hear my own voice and try to be right. And I sacrifice. You can sacrifice breakthroughs and relationships for being right. And that's not always right. Absolutely, man. Shoot. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying with the whole pride thing. It's just that once you like once you acknowledge that the payoff of being right, you then you then find out that even if you are right in any conversation, you end up robbing yourself 
and the person that you're arguing against happiness mm. and basically love you're robbing that mm. because of your pride and your ego and like it makes so much sense why the bible and god jesus tells us that pride is one of the seven deadly sins mm. it's because it robs us from happiness and love and it's so like it's so deadly and so like being able to like exactly what you said form and build relationships takes courage because you have to remove yourself mm. and literally hide from your self ego and just be one in the conversation by listening to the other person, regardless if they are right or wrong. It has nothing to do with that. It's just wanting to love the other person. And like, that's such a hard thing to, I guess, live out as an individual. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's one of these key points that like that allows you to know that really how much god loves us mm. you know yeah. inviting us to build relationships yeah it's and, it's phenomenal absolutely and it, and it doesn't mean that you you can't have good conversations about the differences that we have that you know i, I, I don't want anybody to be listening and be like oh well, you know what do you mean that means i can't ever share my faith no like that that, that will all that will all happen because again you're building a relationship it's not like a one conversation i'm never going to talk to you again because we're we just hate each other now because we just argued for an hour you will have an opportunity to share your faith but that's the beautiful thing is i've i've learned a lot about my catholic faith honestly from or just living a christian life from seeing my grandma preach and seeing my uncles and aunts who or my, my, my aunts who are pastors, seeing their authentic Christian lifestyle. I've learned a lot. And so I think that, that there's a beauty there. There's a beauty that we can learn. And I love what you said. We, we end up robbing each other of a relationship. I like what you said there. Yeah, man. It's so vital. Um, so like in the topic of building relationships, my man, knowing, like I didn't know that the, like your entire um, family of your of your father they were like they weren't non-catholic so i'm just curious to know like when was the moment in your life that you fell in love with the catholic church and how was it impactful for you yeah i think um again it goes back to to when you know my mom my mom raised us in the catholic church we we were we were all to my i'm talking I say we because my brother and myself, we were altar servers and all that. Um, I, I didn't really catch the depth of it, um, of the Catholic Church, um, really maybe until college. But I'll, I'll tell you, I remember the night. Yeah, I was, man, I was maybe like a junior in college. And I remember I'm reading my Bible and this, it's like late at night. I was living in my mom's house. It's probably like, man, maybe like 1230 at night or something. And I'm reading the Bible. And, and keep in mind, back then, I didn't read my Bible that much. So it was really weird that I was even, I was even reading it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I read John chapter 6. And it talks about the Eucharist. It talks about Jesus that, you know... Jesus says, I, I am the bread that came down from heaven. If you eat my body, you will have eternal life. And it says that, that the people, people looked at each other and said, how can we believe this? This teaching is too hard. And they turned away from him and walked away. And, and, I th and that's, when I, that's when it finally, like it all came together. And I was like, the Eucharist, like, we received Jesus at the mass and it is biblical. Like it's in the Bible. And I remember I, I was like, I'm going, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, oh my God. I go into my mom's room and I go, mom, mom, you gotta wake up. And she's like, yeah, what, what, what's going on, Mio? I said, no, no. I, I said, no, everything's okay. <laughs> she was kind of scared. I said, mom, no, 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 everything's okay. I said, I gotta read this to you. I got to read, and I get my Bible, and I read it, John chapter 6, and I say, Mom, like, 
this is, and I've been, you know, keep this in mind. I've been listening to this my whole life, but it finally hit that the Bible teaches, Jesus taught that he is the bread of life. And I was, and I finally was able to like feel and express that. And that's when I realized, like, if Jesus started a church, what church would I want to be a part of? Would I want to be a part of that church that he started? And from John chapter 6 in the Eucharist and um, wanting to be a part of the church that Jesus started, that's what keeps me. That's, what, that's why I'm Catholic. That's what keeps me Catholic. Wow. That's a great story. You know, it was like in the middle of the night and you were reading your Bible and it, like, it just hits you. You just realize like how powerful it is, how wonderful it is, mm. the beauty of receiving the body of Christ. And that was like, that was the moment for you that you realized this is awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a great story, my dude. Um, so like in, in, in your perspective, nowadays, I know that the Catholic population, youth population or overall the catholic um practicing catholics it has decreased drastically over the years and especially when youth come out of college they just you know stop practicing the faith altogether why do you think it is especially hard for like the youth to be connected to the faith and why it may not even be a part of their life anymore after college you know, um, it's a good question. I, I think a couple of things. The first one is that they are not being taught what a holy Catholic family looks like. Mm. And so let me go further with that. How many people, just off the top of your head, and, and maybe you know a lot, I don't, but how many people can you say are brought up in a home where they have a mom and a dad that the mom and the dad are not involved in drugs. They have, you know, they're hardworking people. Um, they authentically love Jesus Christ. They make sure that they are there at church either Saturday night or Sunday morning to go to mass that pray with their kids every day that they read their Bible to their kids, that the husband authentically loves and respects and protects his wife. And his wife just wakes up with like a Proverbs 31 type of womanhood that she is, she's just loving her husband and she's loving her kids. And she's just like a, a woman that is wise and has authentic wisdom. And she can even correct her husband in times when her husband's when her husband's wrong, and he can authentically say, "You are right, my wife." I'll be honest, bro. I can maybe count one, maybe five families, you know, just within the past couple of years that I've met that authentically do all that. And and it's not to say that any, everybody has the perfect family, and I'm definitely not saying that God can't you know, touch families who don't have all that together. But when you don't, when you're not taught that, when you don't know that, you know, there's Proverbs 22, six that says, raise a child in the Lord and he will never be able to depart from it. But if a child is never raised in the Lord, then they don't know, like they don't, they don't know that there's, there can be a better life. They don't know that, you know, that they don't have to be, um, sleeping around with people or, you know, becoming, you know, people who drink all the time. Like, sin looks fun for a season. And I think this is the second piece is that one, they don't get it at home. Two, I mean, sin looks fun for a season. But I'll tell you, it only is, it only looks fun for a season because then you start receiving the negative consequences of that. So if you're going out partying, what are you doing? You're spending a whole lot of money. You know, you're, 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 you might be possibly getting drunk. You might be driving drunk. You might get pulled over. You might get into an accident. 
you know, you don't show up to work, you don't, you know what I mean? So, so the negative consequences are coming in, but I think it's because the allure of the world is just exciting. But I think we as Christian people can show a more exciting Jesus. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're called to do is live lives of joy, of happiness, that we don't have to, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you can't go out and, and have fun or go dancing or whatever, but like, how do you, you know, how do you present yourself? Um, I remember this one time I, uh, I was, uh, I was at work and we were all going to lunch one day and, uh, this lady, she, she just, she, she just looks at me and says, uh, DJ, I have to ask you, why are you so happy? I don't understand it. I looked at her and said, girl, you got to find yourself a good church. I think those are two main things. I mean, there's, there's other things involved in that. But I think that one, um, why is it hard for the youth to be connected to their faith is that they don't, they don't see a good representative at home. Um, and then two, the world looks fun and exciting, but we have a more fun and exciting Jesus. So I think we just need to show those things as often as we can. I'll tell you what, my dude, I, I, I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. And it's so powerful, very powerful with what you said, because it's one thing to be praying and reading the Bible one day, but it's another when the way that you live your life doesn't reflect how you, how you um, read or act in church. You know, like mm. you act one way in church, but when, when you get out of it, it's like a completely different way. And, you know, with my own personal experience, one of the main criticisms that we get, you know, all the time is that, you know, it's not just even the Catholic church, but it's with any religion that they're one way inside and then another outside of the church, mm-hmm. you know? And like, so with the family, if we're just, if, if we pray, if the family is being represented as praying all day, well, not all day, but praying and reading the Bible, but if they're not living the relationship, like the essential love relationship, just as you explain, like within between the mother and the father, then the children will never be able to like see the essence of how it is to be Christian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, it, it just goes back to the whole modeling thing. And it's really important for like, for us to see that, that type of represent, like what exactly what you said, representative. And if it's not there, then it, it just stinks. Cause we, we, a lot of kids and youth, they don't, they don't, they don't, they can't see how it's like to be Christian, you know? Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with you. And, and I'll just, I'll add this small point is that, you know, I, I grew up in a home that I didn't have those, those things. You know, I, I, we were in a single parent household for, for a very, very long time. And, and so I don't, I think that's where the love of Jesus really steps in because even if you don't come from a family that has all those things, God can still work in your life. In fact, he has already planted that seed inside of you and he knows what's in your heart. And if you are authentically heartbroken, and I'm talking to mainly some of your listeners, but if you don't come from one of those homes and you say, oh, well, you know what, then forget it then, that I don't, I didn't have all that. No, 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 no. That's where Jesus steps in and he is our redeemer and he is our love and he's so, he's so pursuing and chasing after us that that's that's the redemption that that's that's where sin is flipped and we have a redeemer we all need jesus and he all comes to us in different things in different ways so i just didn't want anybody to to think like oh well dj must have come from this perfect family that no 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 not at all the only reason i'm in this place right now is is because yes, a, a seed was planted, but the Lord sought me out, and He knew that I, w- I had gotten to a faith uh, point of my faith journey in college. That I, I hit rock bottom, and I said, "Jesus, I need you. 
more than ever. And that's how I've come to be to this place. So please don't think if you're one of the listeners that just because you don't have a dad in the home or just because you don't don't have a mom in the home that you don't know what a Christian family should look like and and whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that it's harder to not see that model at home. I just wanted to make that small clarification. Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. And uh, thank you for doing that, DJ. I, I didn't even realize that. So thank you for clearing that. Um, knowing that uh, you didn't, you didn't, you know, have that representation, but you, you knew in your heart authentically that you have always had that seed, and you were always seeking out God, and how you knew that His grace was just guiding you. The Holy Spirit was guiding you. What do you think has been one of the greatest factors today and like contributing to your success as an individual today? So I I guess, I guess let's go ahead and and define that word success because if, if I, you might define success differently than I would like for someone, someone might say, Oh, DJ, um, you know, you're a successful preacher or evangelist. I, w- I would I would say, well, I don't I don't really know what a successful evangelist looks like or what a successful preacher looks like. Um, you know, Lord has really opened a lot of doors for me. So just to frame what success looks like for me, success what that looks like for me is uh, success is having an intimate relationship with Christ. And what does that, what do I have to do to be successful at that? I have to listen to the voice of the Lord with a soft ear and a gentle heart. A soft ear and a gentle heart. If I could say that what has led to my success of trying to follow Jesus it's a soft ear and a gentle heart. And, and I'll tell you how that's impacted my professional life in just a second. But every time that I've tried to listen to the voice of the Lord, and every time I have tried to stay away from sin, every time that I've tried to go to confession, every time that I've sought out mass, the Lord continues to move in my life. So let me tell you what that looks like. In, in my professional world. So professionally, I work for a, a hospital. I work in leadership development. And, um, and in, in this job that I do, I get to build leadership programs for people that work at the hospital. Well, let me tell you, because I was trying to listen to the voice of the Lord, he led me to this new job. I started a Christian clothing line earlier this year and I only knew what to name it because I had an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and I was listening to the voice of the Lord. I created a leadership, um, a a ministry game board that it kind of looks like a monopoly game board that I use at my retreats that I give to uh, high schoolers, young adults, adults. It's a, it's literally a board game that you set on top of a table and let me tell you, bro, just really quick, a testimony. I'm not even getting, I'm not even going to have to pay for it. Somebody else is going to pay for it because I'm li- trying my very hardest to trust the Lord, to grow in my, my maturity, my spiritual maturity. I'm trying to keep a soft ear and a gentle heart. Um other factors that, that I think led to that lead to success is sacrifice, dedication, steadfastness, and discipline. And I think discipline is a big one because um, I think we're very much a society that says, well, I'm going to do me and you do you, but don't tell me how to do me. And so we're so busy trying to make up our own, our own rules that we never really learn what discipline is and i'll tell you what what discipline means for me is like there's some weekends i don't go out 
I don't go out with friends. I don't get to go hang out with people. Instead, I'm like, okay, you know what? I need to work on this ministry something. Or there are like weekdays that people go out to a bar or something. And I'm like, hey, guys, you know what? I can't go out. I can't hang out. I really need to get into my Bible. Um, I try to go to the gym just to stay healthy. What does that mean? That means I'm not doing other things that, you know, quote, unquote, normal, you know, 32-year-olds are doing. I'm, but it's because I'm learning how to be disciplined because I'm trying to spend time with the Lord. I'm trying to read my Bible. I'm trying to spend time in prayer because that's what leads me to success. Not, you know, not trying to go out and party, not trying to go out and do other things. That's what leads me to success. So, um that's what I try. That's what I would attribute the um, success in my mind, having that relationship with Jesus Christ. I love it. So your success is to build and strive with a great relationship with Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, because because everything everything else happens from that. Like every door that has opened for me, be came about because the Lord led me to do it. And if I'm not listening to the Lord and if I'm not seeking after him, then he, then I'm making it harder for him to open those doors for me. I'm making it harder on myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, how, how do you think you were able to like, with what you said, with the, with the with the factors that you that you said about having a gentle a gentle i think it was a shoot a gentle mind and a soft heart how are you go ahead sorry oh sorry um how are you able to like reach that like being able to just have a gentle heart a soft heart you know because um most of the times some people you know they may not have that and they're struggling to, I guess, live live out to be in that place where they're able to be gentle with themselves and have a heart that is just soft, able to listen, listen to God's word. What would you, your response be to someone who is trying to have a soft heart? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And thank you for, for asking, because when, when I say you need to have a soft ear and a gentle heart. It's very abstract, right? Like, okay, like DJ, what does that really mean? What that means to me is I read my Bible. I try to read my Bible every night. And what that does is that is teaching me God's voice. He, he already put his, he put his words into a book for us. All we have to do is read it or, listening on, on an audio book or whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself closer to Jesus by listening to his words. It's the same thing. Remember when we were talking about earlier, when we're talking about, when we're talking to other people about our faith, it's about the relationship. And you only draw close to a person if you're willing to spend time with them. Yeah. And so how do I spend time with God? I'm reading his word. I'm reading his Bible. And what I do as far as a gentle heart is concerned, I, um, I will very frequently find instrumental uh, piano music with uh, worship songs, instrumental worship music on YouTube. I'll play that. So there's no words. Um, I will kneel down next to my bed and I just talk and I say, God, you know, today I'm, I'm, if I'm having a great day, I say, thank you, Jesus, for this amazing day that you've given me. I, I couldn't have had it without you. If I'm having a horrible day or a day that I'll have a lot of struggles, I say, Lord, I'm really struggling with, you know, my, my singleness or I'm really struggling um, by not having to answer to this. And then, man, I just, I just be quiet. I stop trying to talk so much and let the Lord put a thought into my mind. And that's usually the way it happens. I've never heard God's voice audibly, 
but it usually happens where he'll plant a, a thought in my mind. Like, for instance, um, a long time ago, I was trying to work on, oh, or actually, I'll, I'll, I'll do this one. The name of the Christian clothing line that I started is After God's Own Heart. It's talking about King David, that we need to be a people after God's own heart. And so I'm praying about the, the name for this clothing line. And I'm like, God, what do you, what, you know, what are you thinking? You know, what, what, what type of name is it? And a thought popped into my head. He said, oh, like King David. And I'm thinking, okay, like King David. And I had, I had really loved that phrase, after God's own heart. So he, he reminded me of that in my prayer time. And so that's what I mean when we have a soft ear and a gentle heart is that we're, we're reading God's word. We're getting used to what he sounds like. And then in our prayer time, giving him a chance to speak. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I see where you're coming with, like, just being able to pray. And then just having a, a moment of silence mm-hmm. and acknowledging God's presence. I really like how you shared that it was in your prayer while you were praying that you you just heard in your you know in your voice after God's own heart with the idea of the company. And that just makes that just proves to say that once you define and have the your foundation on how you live your life on everything is around God, like your core is is God, and then everything else falls into place. When you have God in the middle of everything, everything else will fall into place. And that just proves, your story just proves to show that. And it's really phenomenal what you've been able to share with us so far, man. And I just want to say again, thank you, man, because it's really, it's really great that I'm, I'm having you share with us. I'm getting so much value and so much insight and like building relationships with others and most importantly with God and like with your clothing line, DJ, um, what would you, what would you say to someone who is wanting to like have dreams and like build, build things like uh, being, being an entrepreneur, how, what would your advice be to someone who is wanting to start their own company or basically have dreams of their own of, being someone that they never could, they never knew that they could be. Yeah. You know, I'm almost reminded of Joseph from the Bible and Joseph, he's, you know, he's, he's the beloved son of his father and he has his dream and, and, and he tells his, he tells his family about this dream and he tells his brothers, he said, guys, you know, I, I think that I'm just, I'm going to be the head of all of y'all. And you all are going to bow down to me. And then that starts off this horrible, this horrible story of that his brothers um, throw him into like this pit. And they, they, they tell their dad that, uh, uh, you know, he's been, that Joseph has been killed. And then Joseph is then sold off. To, actually, they, they sell him into slavery and he's sold into slavery. And then he finds himself years later, he's found in a dungeon. And, and, and if I'm Joseph... I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like, you put these dreams inside of me that I would be, you know, I would be, the, I would have a, a, a place of influence and, and I would, you know, I was going to have like a, a really strong faith and, and a good life. God, what are you doing? And, you know, what Joseph doesn't know at that point in time is God is preparing things in the background so that when he's living and and at, at Potiphar's house, that he's going to be put in charge of all of Israel. Like he's going to get charge of everything, but not yet. And so, what I would tell the person that maybe they want to be a CEO and they don't even know a CEO, or they want to be an entrepreneur and they don't even know an entrepreneur, or you know what, they just want to be a teacher, or or, or they want to be. They just want to have a job one day, and they've never known anybody who's had a job. God 
is already working in your background to make it happen. Do not be discouraged. If you have dreams, then that what that what you need, if you have dreams of doing something big, what you really need is wisdom. And I'll tell you what, because you can you can have you can win the lottery. And you can have all the tools and all the resources and everything you need. But if you don't have wisdom, if you don't know how to spend that money, if you don't have the wisdom of the Lord that shows you how you need to be disciplined, it does you no good whatsoever. It would actually be an injustice to you to give you everything you need and you not have wisdom. So to every person, what I would say, and I, this has been my prayer probably for the past, man, I would, I would probably say like three to four years, is ask God for wisdom and seek out people who are wise. And that will help you achieve what you need to achieve. Wow. Seek mentorship. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that, man. I like that a lot. Wow. <laughs> this 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 sharing just keeps on getting embedded, my friend. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> God. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna ask you one final question. And that question is for anyone that is struggling with you know finding their identity, not knowing who they are, their purpose, their passion. And if they're, you know, falling apart in their faith or just if they don't even have a faith, what would you, what would you say to that person, your bits and wisdom? I would say that I know exactly how you feel. I know what it feels like to have, you know, be gifted in different ways and, and to, to want to do a lot of things and still be empty I know what it's like to not know what your purpose is. I know what it's like to not know why God has put you on this earth. I know what it's like to seek. Sometimes it feels like you want to just seek to the ends of the earth to just find out what is it that you are supposed to do. And I can tell you also that after having walked in your shoes of being so unsure of identity and purpose, that there is a God behind all of this who loves you and he is the one that literally will give you a purpose see he he had a purpose for your life before you even existed that's why he had to create you because there's nobody else in the world that will do exactly what you can do that's why God needed you. That's why you exist right now. Is because God, before you were born, had a purpose for you. So if you don't know what your purpose is, and you're, you're struggling with your identity, and you're struggling with kind of why did God create you, let me tell you, it's only, <laughs> it's only a decision away. And the decision is to choose God. If you choose God and you seek him out, his plan for you becomes more available. Why? Because you're putting on lenses or seeing glasses and it's allowing you to view things in a way that you've never viewed them before. That's how my story happened. I never planned on becoming a Catholic preacher. I never planned on starting a clothing line. I never planned on doing retreats. I never even really planned on being in love with Jesus. But when I didn't have a purpose and he gave me one, and he told me, you are my son, and even if you didn't achieve anything in the world, even if you did nothing, I would still die for you again. <laughs> that's that's it, man. That's it. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was that was great, DJ. 
I, I have to say thank you so very much and for taking the time out of your day to just um, share your story, share your insight, and to just, you know, be here with us today. And um, I just really appreciate you coming out and uh, talking with us. Thank you so much. I know everyone will get something out of this, out of this episode. So I just have to say thank you. Absolutely, man. Real, real quick, if I if I may steal a couple more more seconds from you, can, of course. Can I, can I just, man? Can I just, um, just encourage you, brother, in in what you're doing, and and I mean that you you started this podcast, and and you're doing this thing, and you're wanting to help people through podcasts, and and brother, God is God is moving in your life. And he has a huge plan just for you, bro. Like his salvation is so wide, but it's specific. It's personal for you. And the way that God is going to move through you, like whatever your family background is, whatever your, your current situation is, that God is putting this like, like a dedication in your heart. And I just want to approve you on that. And I want to encourage you on that, that God is looking down like man you are on it you're doing it so so stay stay strong in that bro because god is going to move he can move mountains through whatever ministry that you're working on so i want to thank you man for just being persistent for reaching out for taking the chance and being like you know i may get shot down or this may never happen but i'm going to try to make it happen anyway and god (laughs) god blesses that type of dedication like you make it easier for god to do his work because you're an open vessel to that so thank you brother for doing what you're doing thanks dj you touched me you touched my heart brother (laughs) thank you very much man i appreciate your words and like for you guys listening um like i said in the beginning it took like two months i kept on i kept on hitting dj in the dms telling him hey would you like to be in my podcast so like, you know, I, I, that's where the dedication came in. I just, I really wanted him, I really wanted you to come share your story. And like, you know, that's, that's just the type of dedication that I want. Cause I know that your story was going to be so valuable and so great. And um, thank you again for mm-hmm. encouraging me and, um, for your kind words, DJ. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Absolutely, brother. No problem at all. With that said, you guys can meet, you guys can look up www.djberna.com to look at his clothesline. He has some awesome stuff there. Also look him up on Instagram as well, d.j.bernal. You'll be able to find him. Tell him how much you enjoyed listening to his podcast. Let him know and just reach out, guys, because the power of its social media is it's one that's that's great. So with that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode and we'll see you guys next time.